JC Corcoran Podcast. Well, let's get back to this abortion shit. Now, is a fetus a human being? This seems to be the central question. Well, if a fetus is a human being, how come the census doesn't count them? If a fetus is a human being, how come when there's a miscarriage, they don't have a funeral? If a fetus is a human being, how come people say we have two children and one on the way, instead of saying we have three children? People say life begins at conception. I say life began about a billion years ago, and it's a continuous process. Continuous, just keeps rolling along. Rolling, rolling, rolling along. Listen, you can go back further than that. What about the carbon atoms? Huh? Human life could not exist without carbon. So is it just possible that maybe we shouldn't be burning all this coal? <laughs> just looking for a little consistency here in these anti-abortion arguments. See, the really hardcore people will tell you life begins at fertilization. Fertilization when the sperm fertilizes the egg, which is usually a few moments after the man says, gee, honey, I was going to pull out, but the phone rang and it startled me. <laughs> But even after the egg is fertilized, it's still six or seven days before it reaches the uterus and pregnancy begins. And not every egg makes it that far. Eighty percent of a woman's fertilized eggs are rinsed and flushed out of her body once a month during those delightful few days she has. <laughs> they wind up on sanitary napkins, and yet they are fertilized eggs. So basically what these anti-abortion people are telling us is that any woman who's had more than one period is a serial killer. <laughs> Consistency. Consistency. No, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over. Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023, you are at jconthelinecom How you doing, kids? Finished another radio show on 101.5 in St. Louis, 101.7 West and Beyond on KWolf, where you can also listen at k-wolf.com. Like I said, I don't want the podcast to turn into a half-hour commercial every day. For the radio show, I'm just reminding you. We're going to be doing a special show on Friday, by the way, between 6 and 9 o'clock to sort of kick off the holiday weekend. Everything is going to be live and acoustic, and I have some great stuff from the archives. was in the movie theater last night seeing about my father this is the movie with robert de niro and comedian sebastian maniscalco this is a somewhat autobiographical he co-wrote the thing i will do the review for you thursday morning here on the podcast at jconthelinecom and of course on the radio show too speaking of movies a movie that I gave a rave review to, even though I knew that very few people were going to see it because it had, I think it had a marketing issue, and the movie is called Air. And it is about the guys, the advertising executives, marketing and promotional people, and the uh, management, I guess you would say, at Nike, the guys that created the Air Jordan shoe. Now, a lot of people said, oh, a movie about Michael Jordan, that's great. Oh, my kids love Michael Jordan and we'll go see it. And then I had to say, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, it's not a movie about Michael Jordan. As a matter of fact, 
you never see Michael Jordan's face. You see a actor, a kid who is playing Michael Jordan, but they just show him from behind because it's not what the movie is about. The movie is not about Michael Jordan. It's about the guys who created the shoe and all of the sort of stuff that went behind the scenes. And it's a fascinating story. And everybody, it is great. It's Ben Affleck. It's uh, Matt Damon. Some great supporting actors, Jason Bateman. And this guy, Chris Messina, who plays Michael Jordan's agent, is fabulous. And then we get to the issue of kids. Uh, there was a movie that came out about 30 years ago called Full Metal Jacket. Some of you will remember the day we had Lee Ermey, one of the stars of the movie, live in the studio. I'm not sure he knew exactly what was up. I think he had been warned maybe that our show was, uh, well, I'm not exactly sure what happened. It was just a very, very weird day. But you may recall that he delivered some, let's just say, memorable lines in full metal jacket that had to do with things like oh i don't know just uh, everyday concepts like skull fucking so there's at least one scene in this movie where michael jordan's agent played by chris messina delivers a he's on the phone and some guy's trying to screw him over and he sort of goes into uh, i don't know an adaptation of the lee ermy rant from full metal jacket you do not want your kids seeing this i don't care how mature they are for their age i don't care how dirty you know they talk in middle school this is a little little too much for that now if you're a grown adult then you get to see a really good movie it's a movie about grown-ups and again very very good it's running on amazon prime right now so you don't even have to go to the theater you can just sit there in your dwear and watch the movie but it's awfully good if you're looking for something to watch and again i think a lot of people are because the writers are on strike and so there's no fresh tv shows you know if you watch a game and the game's over the game gets rained out there's no game that day People look and go, oh, I'm you know, fucking sitting here watching American Idol the other night, and I'm not even interested in it, although I did apparently catch the best part of the show when the kid who ended up winning the whole thing was performing, and he was amazing. Anyhow, the movie's called Air, and like I said, the other movie uh, about my father we will review here on Thursday morning. Um, Cardinal Nation took a real hit. Well, actually, it took a couple of hits here in the last couple of weeks with the passing of Mike Shannon and now Rick Hummel. Let me just tell you something about this guy. To be that well-liked and to be as good at your job as you are, and because you're involved in the delicate process of covering a Major League Baseball sports franchise with ravenous fans, and you still come out of it a total gentleman that everybody... I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, oh, that fucking Rick Hummel, man, that guy. Never. No, no, ever. I don't know how you do that, but he did. And there are some people very sad about the idea that he just retired last year and he gets about a year of retirement and then passes away, you know, at 77. I'm not so sure about that. I have a feeling that Rick Hummel was probably miserable in his retirement because that man wanted to be at the ballpark. And again, as I was mentioning earlier today on the radio show, Rick Hummel will get there 10 o'clock in the morning. He's there all afternoon. Let's just say it's a day game or a weekend or something like that. He's there all afternoon. He's one. Then he sits there. He's got to pay attention to the game. And then after the game, he's got to go do all the interviews with everybody. And then when that's over, he's got to write his column. That man was putting in some long ass days, some long ass days. And yet, you could run into him in the bar or the hotel on a road trip, ask him a question, you could end up 
sitting there talking baseball with him for an hour. He was always incredibly kind to me personally, always gave me anything I needed. And uh, like I said, Cardinal Nation took a real hit the other day when we found out. Apparently, he died on Saturday. We didn't find out about it until yesterday. We posted the whole thing. But Rick Hummel, a real, real class guy, passes away at 77. Sort of a shame that you don't get more of a retirement out of the thing. But like I said, he might not have been that happy in retirement. There are still people out there who believe that the whole idea of climate change is a hoax because you have been told by certain politicians that it is a hoax. And some people believe the politicians as opposed to the scientists, which is sort of a dumb idea, but some people do it. Karl Rove is a genius. And again, we're not really talking politics here. This is more sociology, although we talk a little politics here when it's absolutely unavoidable. And, you know, Karl Rove may not have been the kind of guy who sits on your side of the political aisle, but you have to give credit where credit is due. And the man understands, he understands how to market ideas. He took the idea of millionaires and billionaires and just threw a switch. And one day it was like the job creators. You can't, you can get mad at a millionaire. Oh, he's got so much fucking money, you know, but you can't get mad at somebody who's called a job creator, right? So that's what they started calling them. And there's, there's, you know, dozens of things like that that Karl Rove was responsible for. Well, what does the left do? What does the left do? They come up with ideas like defunding the police. That was brilliant. The left deserved all the ridicule they got for stuff like that. The other thing they've really messed up is climate change, which originally was called global warming. But global warming is a misnomer because The climate change that we're experiencing produces wild swings in weather, not just the warming of the planet, but also droughts and also floods and more intense hurricanes. And you might have read a couple of things about this and you're like, oh, we might go up a degree and a half. And you might be thinking to yourself, I wouldn't even notice that. I wouldn't even notice a degree and a half change. If I'm sitting in my house and I go from 72 to 73 and a half, I probably won't even notice that. So what is the big deal? And the big deal is that in the grand scheme of things, as it uh, as it applies to climate, one and a half degrees is a lot. Not just one day, overall across like a six month or one year or longer period than that. And now all of a sudden, everything is a degree and a half warmer, changes everything. And there's even some people I've heard them say out loud, hey, I love climate change. It's 70 degrees in March. It used to snow in March in Salo. So give me more climate change because I love it. And while I understand that too, there's a word, there's a term for people who think like that. And that's called short-sighted. I love the hot weather. This is great. Give me more of it. Wait till there's no fucking food. You thought it was fun during the pandemic where you couldn't go places. And, uh, you know, we were just sort of the entire world dealing with the aftermath of COVID-19. Wait till there's no food. You think the pandemic was fun? Ha! And it's like the scientists are jumping up and down going, look, you know, if we don't do something in about the next five years, It's going to be too late, and then it will be irreversible. And there are some people, again, who, well, and again, this gets into this whole idea. There are some people who, no matter what you say, if it is controversial or if it is something that they don't necessarily subscribe to, they'll find a reason to ridicule you for saying it. 
But like, I, I got a friend who spent part of his life as a marine biologist, and you run into a lot of people in Florida like that who have jobs that in some way are related to wildlife and stuff in the ocean and things like currents and water temperature and uh, uh, you know species that are becoming extinct and all that sort of stuff. And he's written books. And, you know, he knows more about it than any bought and sold politician. And after having lived in Texas for a year and a half, trust me, the politicians get such enormous amounts of money from the gas and oil industry. They're not going to say anything bad about them. My favorite of all of them was uh, Oklahoma Senator. Yeah, I think it was Senator James Imhoff. And Imhoff would stand there on the floor of the United States Senate and hold up a snowball in winter and go see this it's a snowball so how can there be how can there be global warming it's snowing outside look again you know applying idiot logic but i don't want to get too political here that's not the point the point is that we just got another one of these things the world meteorological organization there is one of the biggest el ninos anybody can ever recall seeing forming out in the pacific ocean and they say that combined with the climate change is going to be a one-two punch that's going to be hitting us over the course of the next possibly three years. That's not good. You know, if I didn't have kids, if I didn't have kids, I probably wouldn't care what the world was going to be like once I left it. I don't have that much longer on the planet, but I can't be selfish like that because I got all these guys. I got a 13-year-old daughter, okay? I'd like to see her be able to eat when she's 40. And I'll say this too, being a parent, makes you turn selfless if you were a self if you are put it this way if you are a selfish person go have a couple of kids you won't be selfish anymore because you can't be when you get that look of i want a juice box now george carlin used to say that it should be mandatory maybe even part of the school curriculum that every kid have about a half an hour every day to just sit and daydream maybe lay in the grass and just look up in the sky and imagine cloud formations. Think about maybe what you're going to do with your life someday. Just sit there and fuck off. I can tell you that when I go on a long car trip, the first thing I do is have a little micro cassette recorder or some little digital thing right next to me. Because once I start driving, I come up with the best ideas. I think of everything while I'm on a long drive. And I think that's, you know, I, I don't have the luxury of just laying in the grass for half an hour and staring up at the sky. But every once in a while, I do have something where I'm in the car for a long period of time and I come up with tremendous ideas. Well, it turns out that human brains are predisposed toward distraction. The average brain wanders for an average of 47% of the day. How many people do you have, you know, have jobs? Maybe you have one of those jobs. Where you look at it at the end of the day as you're walking out of the building and thinking to yourself, the amount of work I did today could have been done in three hours. But 47% of the time, your brain is wandering. Back in the 80s and 90s, when we were doing a show that we called The Breakfast Club, I decided it would be a good idea to copyright it. And so I did in Missouri and Illinois. Nobody else could use JC and The Breakfast Club. Oh, and by the way, people have uh, frequently asked me, is, how come you didn't copyright the Mets or Pond Scum? That could have been yours. I'm like, you can't copyright something that's already copyrighted. And believe it or not, the New York Mets are copyrighted. 
So anything with their name in it can't be used in a new copyright. One day, this this total douche, Johnny Rabbit, and I could go on for days telling you stories about this guy and how he just lies like a rug. And it isn't something that's my opinion, okay? It's, it's you know, black on white. It's all there. There's a couple of people in St. Louis that I put in the category of you can fool everybody else, but you haven't fooled me. And uh, Johnny Rabbit is one of those guys who's got everybody fooled, especially John Pertzborn. But he's got everybody fooled, and it's like, I know that you are a liar. I can prove it. But anyhow, one day, it was back in the late 80s, we were doing JC and the Breakfast Club on the classic rock station, 93.7 KST. Remember those good old days? Okay, with the Breakfast Club, JC and the Breakfast Club. One day, I'm reading Jerry Berger's column, and uh, <laughs> Johnny Rabbit, whose real name is Ron Ells, he says to Jerry Berger, hey, can you give me some free publicity on my new show on, I think it was this radio station, WRTH. It was an AM station, and I probably shouldn't have been worried about it, but I'll get to that in a minute. And he says, yeah, oh, what's the show going to be called? Oh, we're going to be calling it The Breakfast Club. <laughs> and I read this, and I'm like, um. So I had my lawyer send him a cease and desist. Why? Because the copyright rules, and if you have a background in law, you know about this, that uh, the way the copyright laws work is that somebody challenges your copyright, like if they just decide to go use it, like like Johnny Rabbit did, if they uh, if they challenge your copyright, you have to defend it or you lose your copyright. So I'm thinking, I'm not going to let him just use the name of the show that I'm using. So he sent him a cease and desist, and now he goes crying to Jerry Berger, and Jerry Berger prints this whole thing, and a lot of people thought I was being a goon for picking on this blind 80-year-old man. You know, from the Eisenhower administration, who's still doing radio. But legally, I didn't really have a choice. I had to defend the copyright or you can lose it. So the people behind the candy bar, Baby Ruth. And when you look at Baby Ruth, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's obviously a play on the whole Babe Ruth thing. I wonder how they got away with that. Well, it's because they said the candy bar was not named after Babe Ruth. They're like, it's Baby Ruth. How can that be named after Babe Ruth? He goes, well, because these candy bars are actually named after then-President Grover Cleveland's daughter, whose name was Ruth, but she died from diphtheria 17 years before the candy bars came out. Somebody call Wapner. If you intend to travel this holiday weekend, be aware of the fact that 42 and a half of your fine-feathered fellow Americans will be out there, too. It's up 7% from last year. Three and a half million people are going to fly. That's up 11%. AAA says this Memorial Day could be the busiest at airports since 2005. And that brings up the obvious question. You know, we had those horrible situations that you saw, especially over Christmas and the other holidays that are sort of bundled together there. And, and people were stuck at airports for three, four, five days, sometimes in extreme cases longer than that. And the airlines were sitting there going, we can't do anything. It was weather-related. And the watchdog groups came along and said, fuck you, it was not weather-related. You don't have enough employees. You got no gate agents. You don't have enough people working. And especially, you have an archaic system that should have been overhauled and revamped and redone 
decades ago, but you're still relying on this old system and it just can't accommodate anything when especially when things become you know start getting complicated people are moving index cards around and then wonder how come they can't they can't catch up with all the problems at the airports geez the worst since 2005 keep that in the back of your head as you're watching television this weekend if you turn on the news at any point just watch this and see if this is as they say a developing story see if when you turn on the tv sunday in the money there's lots of video of people standing around at airports trying to get home somehow Let's see, if you're going to drive, Thursday and Friday is the best, especially by car. The times to avoid, 3 to 6 in the afternoon and evening. Traffic should be lighter on Saturday and Sunday, but Monday is going to be crazy. The worst time is midday Monday. So people aren't even using Memorial Day for a holiday. They're using it as a travel day. So they don't really get Monday as a holiday. Yeah, worst time, midday Monday. Gas prices are way down compared to last year, so more people are going to be traveling than in 2022. But AAA says the total number of travelers is expected to fall short of Memorial Day 2019. That, of course, pre-pandemic. I got burned on the Jamie Foxx story. The information that I had gotten a couple of weeks ago was that wasn't looking very good. There were even stories that sort of suggested that Jamie Foxx had some sort of major stroke and might not recover. Now they say he's out in the backyard playing pickleball. So I don't know. While that's going on, we were very concerned about Jimmy Buffett just the other day. We had heard that he was in the hospital and had some sort of health emergency and was uh, sort of grousing about the fact that getting old really sucks. And we all know that. Anyhow, Jimmy Buffett out of the hospital says he's going fishing with friends. And that's a pretty good sign. Birthdays today. Season one winner of Dancing with the Stars, Kelly Monaco. That's a handsome female, by the way, 47. Jewel, with her big old snaggle teeth and her big old, never mind, 49. Ken Jennings from Jeopardy, 49. Drew Carey, Price is Right host, 65. Joan Collins, who I didn't even know was still alive from the original Dynasty. Uh, She's 90 today. My dad had bifocals. And uh, that's thanks to Benjamin Franklin, because he invented him on this date in 1785. And also, this is the anniversary of the death of Bonnie and Clyde. Clyde was shot 27 times. Bonnie Parker shot 50 times. They had killed 13 people during their 20-month, 27-month bank robbing spree. The Shining with Jack Nicholson, Red Rum, and here's Johnny premiered in L.A. and New York on this date in 1980, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was released on this day in 84. Jackson Brown played the Fabulous Fox Theater on this date back in 1986. (laughs) It was 1989. We took the red eye back from Hawaii and arrived at 6.50 a.m. with our 80 contest winners who all got free trips to Hawaii, and the radio station brilliantly scheduled a recording session for us at nine o'clock in the morning so let me just uh, repeat we spent a week in hawaii and then we flew what is it something like 10 or is it 11 hours Let's see it's six seven eight nine, so it's 10 so we flew 10 hours from hawaii arrived you know flew all night arrived 6 50 in the morning and at nine o'clock we were expected to uh, show up for a tv shoot for commercials now are we happy the radio station was spending money to promote the show absolutely did we look like people who should have been on camera after all of that 
No. And best of all, when we showed up, we're like, well, where's the scripts? And they're like, well, we just thought you would improvise. Like, I don't even remember what day it is, what time zone I'm in. We've been, I think, on the other side of the international dateline. We're toasted. And we ended up really doing, you know, shitty commercials that day. They were terrible. People see that stuff and they go, wow, you should have been better than that. They go, yeah, but you don't know what was behind it. And on this date in 2014, uh, I got a chance to do something on the bucket list. You know, Texas, really, the only good thing Texas... uh, provided to me during the year and a half we were there is I got a bunch of stuff off the bucket list. Like I said, Stevie Ray Vaughan statue in downtown Austin, just going to Austin in the first place. Went to see San Antonio, really enjoyed that. Got to go to Lake Travis, Johnson Space Center, got to tour the whole mission control thing. Houston, we have a problem. That whole thing, still there. The Kennedy assassination site, Dealey Plaza in Dallas. Very, very eye-opening experience. Did a lot of that kind of stuff. And then, like I said, on this date in 2014, we went to an aircraft carrier in Corpus Christi, which I think was about two and a half, three hours away from where we were living. And I had never been on anything like that. The sheer enormity of the aircraft carrier was just overwhelming. And then, you know, they basically set you free and you could just wander. And it's the kind of place that I really do think you could probably get lost in. They'd find you like a week later eating paint chips off the side of the boat. But sometimes, you know, people have claustrophobia and it's a real thing. You know, if you don't have it, you probably think that people who have claustrophobia are big pussies. But if you have it, you know that it's very, very real. And I wonder how many sailors were tested for claustrophobia before they just put them on the boat and sent them off to sea because those are close, close quarters. Bunch of smelly guys. Oh, and also down in Texas got to see the Alamo. Other than that, you're going to have the place. And Mr. Amazon himself, Jeff Bezos, reportedly engaged to his girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez. He told her, you'll be receiving your engagement ring in three to five business days. And with that, the Jason Corcoran podcast for Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023 is in the can. We are here every weekday morning at 11 o'clock, absolutely free at jconthelinecom That follows the radio show every morning, 101.5 in the St. Louis City region, St. Louis County. If you're out west in St. Charles County, try us at 101.7. So 101.5 in the city, 101.7 west and beyond. And of course, online at k-wolf.com. We'll have the smart speaker thing set up for you very soon, too. Be able to listen on your smart speaker. As always, you can email me, jc at jconthelinecom Facebook the showgram with J.C. Corcoran. Have a great day. Talk to you in the morning. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.